good morning, uh, Christian Life Center. Uh, I'm obviously here via video, um, and uh, Dave's already mentioned, uh, but uh, Sharon and I, we got a, uh, a text a uh, few days ago, about 10 days ago, uh, that our oldest son was going to be ordained, have an ordination service um, at his church uh, today, November 5th. So anyhow, uh, we're really excited. Uh, he's been on this journey for a while, and uh, he's a full-time school teacher, uh, high school math, but God has um, also called him uh, as far as church leadership. And so this has been uh, recognized by his his church in Stockton, California, uh, Reality Church. And so we're really excited for him, and we're really excited to be there to support him as God continues to do what uh, what he does best, and that is um, just call people into specific types of ministry, uh, which we're actually going to touch on today. Uh, today, as we continue the series on trust, uh, based out of Matthew 25, the parable of the uh, the talents, or the parable of the servants, it's got different, uh, different names. We're going to see the significance of being faithful with what God's given us. That's what we've been talking about, being good stewards of what God has given us. And part of that stewardship is going to be uh, the spiritual gifts he's given us. And again, we'll touch on that a little bit later here um, uh, in, in the teaching time. Let me just kind of, as a recap, of Matthew 25, verses uh, 14 through 30, the parable we've been focusing on. Let me just recap a couple of verses here uh, in case you haven't been with us. But the Bible says in Matthew 25, 21, in this parable, the master was full of praise and he said this uh, to one of the servants, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now, he's going to say these words to the servant he gave five bags of silver to and to the one he gave two bags of silver to. They both doubled uh, what the, the owner had given them. So the owner went on a long trip and he gave them each uh, a certain amount of money from his resources, and he wanted the, the workers to multiply to increase what he had given. He was a, a good business person. Uh, he was a good investor, and he wanted a return on his investment, ROI. Now, you, you've got to understand something, which we've t- touched on. God is a good investor. And he wants an ROI. He wants a return on his investment. And this is true with how he works with you and me. As far as who he partners with in his kingdom. Who he partners with. Um, now this is not about our salvation. So don't, don't, don't mistake this about our salvation. But as far as who he's going to entrust to help bring heaven to earth, to expand his kingdom, his influence here on earth, he is going to give uh, each of us a certain portion, a certain amount of responsibility to the kingdom. And then depending on how we respond, he'll either give us more 
or as we found out last week, uh, with the uh, the wicked, wicked, evil, bad servant. He'll take away even what he's given us and give it to someone who is uh, more faithful. Who's more faithful. So this is so true. So uh, Matthew 25, 29 um, says these words. And these hopefully are words of encouragement for you and me. Uh, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. It's a great word, an abundance. I like the word abundance. That means God's going to give you all that you need, and then more to be a blessing to others, to be a blessing to others. And then the last part of this verse, which is a kind of a warning to all of us, but from those who do nothing, nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, those who do nothing. So, so here I, I, I've labeled or titled this sermon a value added. And here's another way to look at this. To those who add value to the kingdom of God, God will give more. To those who add no value, God will take the little they have and give it to another person who's adding value. So let me ask you a question as we start here today. Um, are you someone who adds value um, to other people's lives, to the kingdom of God? Or are you someone that doesn't add value to other people's lives or the kingdom of God? Now, knowing the history here at Christian Life Center, Christian Life Church, uh, most people here are value adders, right? Value adders. And, and by the way, you receive way more joy in life, way more fulfillment in life by giving than he ever will receive. If you're only taking, you're, you're going to ultimately one day, you're going to wake up and you're going to realize how unsatisfied you are, how unfulfilled you are, how unhappy you are. Um, even if you achieve worldly or success, success goals, if you achieve those, you're going you're gonna to get there and realize you're not happy. If all you're doing is receiving or taking from people. But those who give, even if you have a little here on this world, you're going to be fulfilled. You're going to have joy. You're going to be happy because givers are always happier than people who just take. Always. Just, just look around. You know that to be true. So what is value added? Let me just kind of define it a little bit here. It's an economic term. And it's the economic enhancement a company gives its products or services before offering them to the customers. Great companies understand what it takes to be great. And it takes giving greater value to their customers. I don't know about you, but I, I, I love using companies, partnering with companies, that bring value to my life. And I will give them <laughs> some of my hard-earned money if they can bring value to me. I'm sure you experience that every day. And if there's a, a company that no longer brings value, um, I, will, I will stop partnering uh, or, or being a customer with that company. It, this is not complicated. We, we all get this. We all live this. Every day of our lives. 
A value added is the extra value created over and above the original value of something. I, I like to think of it this way. When, when God gets involved with someone's lives, it always gets better. God always brings value. Anytime God gets into the picture, anytime God comes into the relationship, anytime God comes into the individual, anytime God comes into the company, anytime God comes into the culture, anytime God comes into the church, value is added. And you might say the ultimate value, the presence of God, the kingdom of God. Well, again, just a reminder of the king, what is the kingdom of God? Kingdom of heaven. Uh, wherever God rules and reigns, that's where his kingdom is. And at this point, I like to ask this question, because um, here's where it starts. Does he rule and reign in your heart? Does he rule and reign in my heart? That's where it begins. But wherever God rules and reign is, that's where his kingdom is. So uh, this value added is the extra value created over and above the original value of something. So, so the idea is that uh, when you show up somewhere, value goes up, right? Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this is not you, but some people, let's be honest, when they show up, the value goes down. Right? They're, they're a weight, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're a distraction, uh, they get things off course. I mean, let's be honest. There are people like that. But hopefully, uh, you know, it reminds me of the old joke. Uh, some people, uh, when they walk, you know, they bless the room when they walk out. <laughs> and other people, they, they I'm sorry, uh, some, some people, when they, they bless the room when they walk in. And other people bless the room when they walk out. So hopefully, you're the uh, bless the room when you walk in kind of person. Uh, but it's true of value. So God wants us to think in terms of um, adding value. Uh, this is what the, this is what the uh, the two faithful workers did. They added value to the owner, and the owner here is representing God. And uh, this whole story is representing the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, right? So it's it's it has to do with you and me, us. So are we value adders? Are we adding value to people's lives? Are we are we lifting people up? I said this phrase last week. Any, any fool can tear something down, but it takes wisdom to build something up. It's so easy to bring division, but it takes wisdom to bring unity. Right? And, and I hope in your life you're a, you're, you're, you're a unifier. You're not a divider. I hope in your life you're a build up, not a tear down person. Because that's, that, that's the kingdom of God. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. That's what God wants for CLC, us as a local church, in our community, to bring people together around the, uh, the word, the will, the culture of the kingdom of God, the values, if you would, of the kingdom of God. Mark 10.45, great verse, one of my life verses. Uh, when I first read this, I, it just resonated with me so much. And I'm sure with you too. But here's what it says, Jesus speaking, For even the Son of Man, referring to himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Uh, true fulfillment comes in serving. True fulfillment comes in lifting others up. And by the way, that's a great description of humility. Humility is going low enough where you can go under somebody who's struggling and help lift them up. It's a great picture of humility. How low can you go or how low are you willing to go to help someone that's struggling in life to help bring them back up? That's what kingdom people do. That's what God-fearing people do. Jesus was defined by serving. Total opposite of of the zeitgeist or the spirit of the world. In in the zeitgeist, the spirit of the world, oftentimes, the more successful you are, you're defined by being served by others. Right? And and oftentimes in the culture, the less successful you are, you're, you're, you're forced to serve others. You have to serve others. Total opposite of the kingdom of God. In God's kingdom, the, the greatest is the one that serves. The greatest is the one that serves. In fact, in Matthew 23, 11 through 12, here's exactly what the Bible says. The greatest among you will be your servant. Boy, that's so counterculture. <laughs> the greatest among you will add the most value. The greatest among you will be most like Jesus. The greatest among you will help go low enough to help hurting people come back up, give them dignity again. But the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I like to flesh this out for me, and you're going to hear me say this over and over again. Um, You and I have two choices in life when it comes to humility. We either live humbly or life will humble us. Those are our two options. There's not a third option. So I always recommend you live humbly, right? Um, Always defer to others. Philippians talks about that. To consider others better than ourselves. Now, we know they're not better, right? But we live in such a way... That we demonstrate in our in our practice how we live, that we're going to defer to others. We're going to, we're going to say, no, 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 you, you go before me. You know when you're driving, no, no, go, go right ahead and cut in front of me. Anybody? Maybe not all of you can do that. There's a great quote by the late Dr. Martin Luther King, and I love this quote. He says, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. It's a great quote. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. That that is straight from the scriptures. The expanded uh, part of that quote is this. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. Thank God for that. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. What what beautiful, powerful words. They're so true for you and me today. So one more time, are you a person that adds value when you walk in a room? Do you bless when you walk in a room? Do you make someone else's life better when you walk in a room? Do I do that? Do we collectively as a church do that? 1 Peter 4.10 says this, 
Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. There it is in a nutshell. If you're a Christ follower, if you are, uh, if you have been born again, the Spirit of God is in you. Um, then you have a spiritual gift, at least one spiritual gift. Um, most of us have more than one, maybe a primary one. But most of us have several spiritual gifts. And I even believe the interpretation of some scripture is even though you have primary gifts, that God can use you or me uh, and use a spiritual gift in us at any moment if there's a need, even though it's not a, natu- a, a, a normal gift that we have. The Holy Spirit can distribute them as he needs. But the point of having a spiritual gift is to serve others, to add value to others, to help lift others up. That's why God gives us gifts. When the spiritual gifts go sideways is we start, when we start using it to elevate ourselves. <laughs> when we start using it to lift us up. That's when those spiritual gifts go into the wall, so to speak. Go sideways, so to speak. So each of, uh, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Faithful stewards. So we're talking about here in Matthew 25. Who was faithful? Verse 2. The two that multiplied and doubled uh, the owner's uh, money. They were faithful. Who was not faithful? The one who buried even the one talent or the one bag of silver that he received. So we're talking about faithfulness. We're talking about serving others. And that should be our, our natural language when it comes to this idea of spiritual gifts. God gives us gifts to serve others. Um, God gives us gifts to be faithful to him. Uh, this, this grace he's given us, this favor he has given us. So there are uh, some um, scripture verse to talk about spiritual gifts. I haven't got time to get into all of them today. I'm going to read a couple of them. But they're going to be in Romans 12, 6 through 8. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. And then Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. But let me just touch on Romans 12, um, 6 through 8. I'm going to actually back up and start reading verse 3. But let me just read the scripture to you. Verse 3 of Romans 12. For by the grace given me, and this is the Apostle Paul teaching, of course, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Another way to say this is we are interdependent upon one another. There there are no solos in in the church. Uh, You you can't say, you can't be a part of the body of Christ and not be in fellowship with the body of Christ. Right? You, You get that. You get that. He goes on, uh, we have different, verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, that we're talking about proclaiming the good news, right? Proclaiming the good things of God based on the scriptures. Let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. 
If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do so cheerfully. Again, not an exhaustive list, but certainly a place made for some of us can start if you're trying to identify, you know, what is my gift? What's my spiritual gift? Uh, another verse is in 1 Corinthians 12, um, 8 through 11. And I'm just going to start with verse 7 here and uh, just read this to you again. Uh, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, right? So the, um, the physical presence or manifestation of the Spirit. You know, the Spirit's like a wind. You can't see it. Well, you can see it lived out. You can't see the effects of Holy Spirit, right? So uh, now to each one, the manifestation of, of the Spirit is given for the common good. Common good, right? Not just for my benefit, but for all the church. Uh, verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still or languages and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. It's God's decision. He determines who gets what gifts. Don't, don't, don't ever, let me encourage some of you in the room. Don't, 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 don't uh, like stop, if you're doing this, stop it. Uh, don't, don't look around and go, man, I wish I was, I had the gift like so-and-so. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. There's no need for that at all. God has wired you uniquely to be you and only you can be you. And we all need you. We all need you. We're, we're all of one body, different members, and we all need all the parts of the body to be whole, to be healthy. So just embrace who you are, uh, embrace the gifts God's given you, and be faithful with them to help lift up and serve others. To help lift up and serve others. First Corinthians twelve seven. Let me say this one again. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So we can help each other. That's, that's what the gifts are there for. I like, I like to say this phrase. I heard this years ago from uh, Pastor Rick Warren. I love this phrase. Your ministry, based, based upon your gifts, right? Your ministry should be based upon your gifts, your calling, how God's wired you. Your ministry, how you help others, your ministry, how you serve others, right? Your ministry will bring you personal fulfillment. And... There'll be fruitfulness. There'll be an evidence that something good in God's kingdom is happening. Something good in the lives of others is happening. When you and I are functioning in our spiritual gifts, there's going to be a personal fulfillment, the presence of God. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to feel his presence. We're going to sense his favor. And there's going to be something good happening in that ministry. And, and so... People ask me oftentimes, what, what's, what's my ministry? 
And I say, well, you, you got to look for a place where you serve others in the kingdom of God, based on the kingdom of the word of God, the will of God, the, the values of God, where, where you have personal fulfillment and something good is happening. Something good in the kingdom of God is happening. Lives are being changed for the better, for the better. People are being healed emotionally, mentally, spiritually. They're being made whole in one way or another. The church is getting healthier. The church is growing. Uh, the community is seeing the, the, the lights of God. The community is seeing a good reflection of who God is. You can experience that. When you're, when you're in your area of ministry that God has ordained you, called you to be in, gifted you to be in. Now, there, there are times I've talked to people and I've, I've just told them flat out in the nicest way I can. Because you got to be nice. Cause this, this almost never goes well. But I've had to tell them a couple, you know, it's a couple times. Uh, you know, I don't, this is, I think there's another place for you in the kingdom of God. I don't think this is your area of ministry. You know, I'll give you an example. Um, if, if you can't hit a note singing, I don't care how much you think your ministry is being on the platform singing, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And Dave, you're welcome for me saying that. Uh, but there's got to be some kind of personal fulfillment and a benefit to the rest of the body of Christ. Great words in John 15 say this, uh, verse 8, when, when, when you produce much fruit, all right, uh, that has to do with productivity, being productive, much fruit, you are my true disciples. This is Jesus speaking. So there's this whole idea of productivity, uh, personal fulfillment, fruitfulness. Uh, th- this is how you know you're you're aligning yourself with the will of God. Could contrast that to the the third worker servant in the parable, our main parable, Matthew 25, who buried his one talent, his, his one bag of silver. He added nothing. He had no productivity whatsoever. To the point where the owner said, you could have at least put it in the bank. <laughs> could at least got some interest off it. Right? But when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. You know, the ultimate aim for man is to give honor and glory to God, right? That's the ultimate aim while we're here. To give honor and to give glory to God. And and, and that happens when we are allowing God to work through us. To be fruitful, be productive in the kingdom. So I like to tell people oftentimes, uh, you know, if they say, I don't know my ministry, just get started. Do something. Do something. Right? God works with motion. God works with people trying things out to discover. And people will help you. They'll, they'll kind of encourage you. Uh, maybe not so much this, not so much left, but maybe go right, you know. People will help you out. If they love you and care for you, they'll be honest with you and give you some good feedback. Give you some good feedback. Great uh, quote from John Maxwell, great churchman. Um, he says these words, success is when I add value to myself. That's true, right? He says, but significance 
is when I add value to others. I love that quote. Success is when I add value to myself. That's true. That's true. But significance is when I add value to others. It's amazing to me is uh, when I talk to people who in the in the in kind of the world context they're successful. They're only successful in their own eyes if they start moving from success to significance. This is a huge leap for a lot of people. But as Christ followers, God wants us to experience significance now, right now, as we're faithful with what he's given us. So his first two servants uh, added value. Would you agree? (laughs) Would you agree? And uh, the third servant, not so much, because he added nothing. Literally, absolutely nothing. So here's what I believe. Again, by faith, I believe everyone in the room is going to be people who add value. In the kingdom of God. People add value to those in the church. People add value to those out in the community who may not know God, may even be far from God. You're going to be value-adding people. Our church collectively is going to add value. According to the kingdom, according to the kingdom of God, we're going to add value. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? I'm going to call the music team back up right now. And I want to just uh, have one last question and close in prayer. But here's the question. I've been asking it this whole series. Does God trust you? Does God trust me? Does God trust us collectively? Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for everyone in the room. God, I'm so grateful I could be here via a video and uh, just speak your word. Uh, to the church. And God, I pray that we can just really embody this parable, this teaching, this truth that Jesus has given us. That you want us to take the little we have and be faithful with it so that God, you will give us a little bit more, which is how you describe an abundance. And God, will keep continually working towards us, continually improving on the gifts you've given us, continually focusing on honoring you in all areas of our life, continuing to put you first, your kingdom first, in all areas of our lives. And Father, I trust you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you.